The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. See, I didn't check my tickets, so I'm gonna see what we got going on here. Someone won from Fort Worth, Texas. Oh no, Illinois. What? Come on. One mega millions ticket estimated at three hundred and ninety-three million dollars. Matched all six numbers from Illinois. It was purchased at Nick's barbecue. <laughs> Come on. I mean, congratulations. To whoever bought the ticket at Nick's Barbecue. But it wasn't me. I mean, there was $393 million. All right, so I didn't even check my numbers yet. So if you if you haven't checked your numbers yet and you don't live in Illinois and you didn't buy your ticket at Nick's Barbecue, uh, you didn't win. However, you didn't win the big money, but you still have an opportunity to win uh, – win the small money, right? I mean, you can win a million or so. I mean, I'm looking forward to that. And this is all I've been thinking about, so this is what we're talking about today. Uh, you know, that's just, I'm sorry, that's what we're doing. I went out and bought some Mega Millions last night, and uh, I let my daughter, well, I mean, I purchased it because it's be illegal to let a child buy a lottery ticket, but because uh, I, think, I think you have to be an adult to buy those, probably. Makes sense. There has to be some regulation. I wouldn't want a I wouldn't want a teenager but purchasing a lottery ticket gambling and uh she got a scratch off ticket. She won. She won. So I'm punching in my numbers here for the mega millions here. Game board CEO. They better take them all, I'll tell you that. I only I only bought eighteen tickets. No, I I actually bought three. And then the girl at the counter there's somebody, somebody bought a ticket and didn't buy it. You know, they printed it out and it's sitting there. You have to buy those. I mean, that's a law. That's a lottery law. Is it not? 43, 0, 9, 43, 44, 47, 56. All right. Better get the numbers right. Yeah, no kidding. The numbers right. 47, 56, 15 for the mega play. And so... She says, well, um, I've got this ticket here that was printed out. It's been sitting here. It's only a dollar. Um, do you want it? Well, yes, it's a law. You can't, if someone prints a ticket and it's just sitting there on the machine, you can't just leave it sitting there. It's a lottery law that the next person who comes up and they offer it, you have to buy it. I don't know if you know that, but it's a law. All right, here we go. Check results. Check your ticket results. Mega money. You are a loser. 
Second one was boring. Numbers you entered do not match. Yeah, I know it doesn't match the big one. So I can't win little stuff at Mega? That's only power? Wait a second. Come on. Do not match Mega Williams. I know. Because the Powerball, you get a chance. Oh, we got to go to the Mega Billions website now. Do I? Is that the only thing I get? win in Mega? I can't be. I cannot be. Well, congratulations to Illinois winner from Nick's Barbecue. Real happy for you. Hope you do something with your money. Powerball this tonight, three hundred and fifty-six million, only two hundred twenty-four million cash value. So I do have a couple of those tickets. So, you know, what can I tell you? It's all I'm thinking about. What would you do with the money? I mean, you're supposed to be living the life that you're already that you want to live already, right? Now, lottery would not be doing so well in this country if people were actually doing that. Without the lottery, you don't have hope. The hope of becoming a multimillionaire. And, I mean, $224 million? That's, uh, uh, it changes your life. That changes your life. It changes your family's life. And we hear the horror stories of all the people that have won and lost, and they, I would have never won the lottery. I should have not taken the cash payout. I should have had them give it to me yearly for 30 years. Hey, you don't want to do that. Uh, good luck getting, you're going to get the money from Mega Millions, but uh, Illinois lottery, uh, good luck. They're already telling people, you wish we could pay you, but we can't right now, so good luck. So take the money when you can, as soon as you can. However, you win that kind of money. It's, it, it changes your life. And I'm talking about, oh, I can get a new car. Really? Of course you can get a new car. What would you do if you won $225 million? I would get a brand new SUV. Really? Thank you. I mean, all the local news, they, that's the sound bites they get. That's, I heard it on the news. That's the heard it on the news lady. That's what happens. Ah, oh, what would you win? You'd win three hundred million. What would you do? Oh, hookers and cocaine. Well, I mean, that's obvious. Of course, you would do that. But that's not if you if you did that with two hundred and twenty. A, you'd be dead. <laughs> Only the drug lords are spending two hundred twenty-four million on hookers and cocaine, and they're still alive. Okay. You won $224 million. What did you do with it? I don't know. I had it, and then it was gone. And that's what it would feel like. But, you're, you, I mean, that's life-changing. If you're already living the life that you want to live, and that's, you know, the, I mean, that's the answer that everyone should have is that you would change nothing. If someone told you, hey, you're going to die in a month or you're going to die next week, what would you do differently? Your real answer should be, I wouldn't do anything different, right? I'm already doing the things that I need to do. I'm already telling the people who I care about that I love them. I'm already dealing with everything that I need to deal with. Everything is fine so that if you tell me I'm going to die in a week, that's fine because I'm already living the life I should be. 
Many of us, however, are not. And 300 million would help make that happen. It's not going to solve all your problems. It's not. It's not going to solve all of them. But it will help. It will help. That's disappointing that I didn't. I mean, congratulations to Nick's Barbecue in Illinois. I mean that with all my heart. Congratulations. It means a lot to me that you uh, somebody won and they're going to be happy with it, especially in Illinois. Have any relatives in Illinois? Any relatives in Illinois? I have any relatives in Illinois. Because that's another thing, right? Holy crap. You win $224 million. You don't want to tell people. They've got a, I don't know how long you have for the lottery to announce who won. I'm sure you have, you know, 90 days or 120 days or whatever legally. And you have so much time before you have to turn in the ticket. So you want to have that groundwork laid by the time you go to, by the time you go to open up lottery, I'm here to pick up my money. You want to have that groundwork laid. What are you going to do with the money? It's already taken care of. Thank you. You don't want to be the guy that picks up the check and, I don't know what I'm going to do. Hookers and cocaine. So. Have that groundwork good so you don't want people to know. So when it does come out that, you know, Bill Jones at Nick's Barbecue won, got the $224 million cash payout, I mean, second cousin Joey is on the phone. Hey, uh, you know, I got this really great idea for a shrimp business. That's really a great idea for a tile business. You know, you know, I've been laying tile for all my life. I know the tile business like nobody's business. And uh, I just need, you know, all I need is like $3 million. And I'll get this thing up and running. I can lay, I'm, I'll be the biggest tile layer in Louisiana. So you just loan me $3 million. After about 20 relatives hitting you up for uh, quite a bit of money, you're done. Nope, sorry, already laid out, already in trust funds. Sorry, have a nice day. All the kids are taking, I mean, with $224 million, all the kids are good, grandkids are good, you're good, then you can go out and buy your new SUV and perhaps spend a weekend with hookers and cocaine. I mean, I wouldn't recommend that personally. I think that would be wrong. And it would just go against everything that a lot of people believe in. Or you could go to Nevada and buy a clown-themed motel. 22 years, the clown motel. Rob Perchetti said it's time to find someone else to look after the clown figurines, mannequins, and paintings spread throughout the building, 250 miles northwest of Las Vegas. Is that the high desert? Northwest of Vegas? Is that out there by... Find out where uh, Tonopa, T-O-N-O-P-A-H, Nevada is. Is that out there by by Pahrumpf? T-O-N-O-P-A-H, Nevada, northwest of Las Vegas, 250 miles. That might be out there by the high desert, coast to coast AM and Art Bell. I'm not sure where, where that is, but... 79-year-old Persetti said he's ready to enjoy some free time with his wife, five daughters, three sons, 
and 14 grandchildren. None of those people want to run the clown-themed motel? What is wrong with this family? Now, he hopes to sell the motel uh, within a month or so. It just went up on the market. But he's insistent that the clown motif stay. Uh, Okay. He and his sister decided from day one that it was going to be the clown motel. He bought it in 1995. Motel got major boost in 2015 when it was featured in an episode of the TV show Ghost Adventures. Viewers saw blurry footage of a life-size clown mannequin sitting by the front desk. The mannequin's hand moved on its own. After that was when we started getting a lot more activity. A lot more people stopping by. Now, the new owner, uh, according to Rossetti, uh, he needs to, uh, you know, his current employees, they has to keep their jobs. We've got to keep the clown motel motif going. And they can improve it any way they want. They just can't change it. That's pretty much what he's saying. Is that the high desert? All right, where is Perumph? Perump, Nevada, where is that? Next to, close to this town, Tonopa, or whatever the hell it is. T-O, yeah, where is Perump? That's where our bell lives, and that's the high desert, according to Art, so. I mean, Art might be thinking that it's the high desert, you know, like the high desert, but I'm thinking that it's the high desert. So, Perump is a couple hundred miles away. All right. So this said the Cloud Motel might actually be the high desert, and Art's just trying to milk the high desert off of Vegas is what he's doing. All right. I mean, I don't, I don't blame Art for doing that, but don't be, you know, now we're putting down the Cloud Motel. It would just be kind of creepy. I mean, I, I, I don't mind clowns. I'm not a clown hater. I'm not a clown, hey, let's, I don't like clowns. They freak me out because one serial killer dressed up like a clown. So I mean, I've got two or three serial killer vans in my neighborhood. I'm guessing they're not serial killers. But we all know what serial killer vans look like, and there's a couple in my neighborhood. Do I call the police? No. Why? Because I'm guessing they're not serial killers. Just the same with clowns. I'm guessing most of them aren't serial killers. Plus, you ever known clowns? All right, so I've known a couple of people that have been clowns, professional clowns. A, you got to get your face registered. Every clown is different. So you have to go to the clown registry. Sad that I should know this. There's a clown registry, and you got to register your face if you want to be a professional clown. Now, there's some people that walk around as a clown that probably aren't registered. Those fakers. Those are fakers. You know, like the old guys down in Florida that stand on the street corner and freak people out? Yeah, I don't think those clown faces are registered. So, I mean, it'd be kind of cool, I guess, that uh, if, if you had $224 million from Mega, you know, like if you were somebody that won the lottery in Illinois at Nick's Barbecue, I'm just telling you the clown motel is up for sale. Might be a good investment. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram at JeffyMRA. Go to theblaze.com. Go to the channels button. Go to the Jeffy Fisher channel. Follow me there. There's a Snapchat channel out there somewhere. I think it's Jeffy MRA. I got to, I got, I, I, every Saturday I come in here and I think, I got to do something with my Snapchat. I never do. I catch my wife and my daughter playing on their little Snapchat. It was with little flowers on their head. And uh, look, I look like a little doggy and I look like a little puppy. And oh, look, here I am with a seal tail. And I just, uh, I am not going to do it. And I'm not going to do it. And I apologize if there really wasn't a seal, <laughs> there wasn't a seal tail. Snapchat. So uh, this week coming up, uh, the 16th, Wednesday, 40 years, 40 years since Elvis Presley, since the king, king, I mean, you want to talk about the king, how about someone who just goes by with the original, that's Elvis, the one name. I was looking at uh, someone who had a uh, an invitation to go backstage at one of the Elvis shows, and the invitation just says, uh, "Backstage at Elvis." Wasn't Elvis Presley? Come see Elvis Presley live. Come meet Elvis Presley. Elvis. I mean that is the man. And think of this now: forty years, forty years since he died, and. I was. I had an opportunity to see him. I never did, and I should have. I should have, and it was it would have been the show. It would have been the show in Michigan, and I think that was the show where he split his pants. I think that was the show where he was on stage and he split split his pants. Looked. Oh, we got to look that up. See if, see if that happened. Pontiac, Michigan, would have been seventy. And I really didn't. I really didn't have an opportunity because I was, was. I think it was seventy four, seventy five. Right? What? Might have been seventy six. It was real close to when he died. But I think there was a story that said that was the night that he that he split his pants. So that was. I mean, it was disappointing. But if you're on stage and you're jumping around, and you're doing splits, and you're the king. I mean, it could happen, right? Could happen. But. Elvis Presley, okay, he's been dead for 40 years. We still have sightings. And we still, I mean, he is still the king. Ain't nobody messing with Elvis Presley. And I don't care, you know, they're, they still have, uh, you know, everybody's talking about, whoa, better, bigger sales than Elvis. Uh-huh. Okay. You're right. You're right. But albums, movie, movies, soundtracks, television performances, concert tours, he's still the man. He's still the man. There's no question. And he's, you know, you think about a guy that had a life of uh, nothing to stardom, to greatness, to not being able to do anything because he had paparazzi all around him all the time. That's him. 
Elvis Presley. Is that right? The the Pontiac, Michigan's the one? What year was that? 76? So 75 into 76, New Year's Eve. That's the controversy with Spence. Yes. I, ah, yes. I should have. My grandfather wanted to take me because I was a wee boy. You know, like zero. I wasn't even born yet, really, in 1975, but he still wanted to take me to the show. And uh, I should, I knew it. I should have gone. Should have gone. Still a tremendous show, but I wasn't didn't get an opportunity to see it live. I always wanted to be Elvis's towel boy. You know, you watch the concerts, and you got the guy that Elvis throws the towels out to the crowd, but you got the guy that holds the towels and gives them the fresh towels. That's a good gig right there. Elvis's towel guy. Come on now. The Jeff Fisher Show, the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is on. Oh my gosh, yes it is. Welcome to it. How in the world are you? Good. You know, I was thinking as we went into that last break and I was joking around about being Elvis's towel boy. But really, I mean, those have been my aspirations in life. I got no, everybody wants to be a star. Nope. I mean, the people grow up, they want to be a tennis star. You know what I want to be? I want to be the guy on the back line of the U.S. Open going, out. Oh! I want to be him. I want to be the ball call. I want to be the U.S. Open ref. All you got to do is sometimes you don't even have to yell it. You just put your arm out. Out. Then watch the, watch the tennis player look at you like, you bastard. And all you got to do is look at him like, <laughs> uh, I could have put my arm the other way, but I didn't. Okay. Out. That's one of my aspirations in life. And Elvis's tell, boy. Sad. I know. I know. Look, everybody can't be. <laughs> you ever go? At one time, I I, have to, I really thought about becoming. So I first moved to Florida, and I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. So I meet this guy who's going to umpire school. Right now, what? Look, hindsight, twenty twenty. What a gig! Fly around the country. Right. Spend the weekend in different in different ballparks. Call a few games. Go home, and you make a pretty decent wage. And you do that for, you know, you got obviously you got to work up the ranks because you start out, you know, in Podunk, in Poughkeepsie, you know, and you're you're in Illinois eating at what was it Floyd's Barbecue, Nick's Barbecue, and uh, you know hoping to win the lotto. But you work up to the bigs. It's a good gig, right? And so <laughs> I want to be. <laughs> I always kind of like being an umpire, you know, it's fun. So I figured, well, you know, I, I won't go to the school, but I'll, I'll go. What I'll do is I'll start umpiring uh, these games. And then if I kind of like it, then I'll go to the school. The guy said, yeah, okay, cool. Do that. So I got my little balls and strikes and out clicker. I still have that somewhere. Kind of cool. And uh, got your inning clicker down on the bottom and your balls and strikes and outs. On the main, on the main front, and your little circle clicker, 
And uh, so I'm, I'm umpiring uh, out in the field. All right, now, look. If you're an umpire out in the field, are you paying attention to the entire game? No. I mean, are you supposed to? I, okay, yes. But are you? No. I mean, you're daydreaming just like the players. You're out there. You're you're off a of second base. You're you know you're almost in center field. You know you're a lot of the game's hot. And it's boring, and you know you got they're, they're calling umpire behind the plates, calling the game. You're fine. There's nobody on base. And so, right, and then, I don't remember what inning it was, but I do remember timeout. I'm looking around like, what the hell's going on? And here comes the home plate umpire. She comes running out. She gets, gets me a second base, and she goes, what's the balls and strikes on this guy? And I looked down at my clicker. I don't even know how many outs there. And I looked out at my clicker and I went, no balls, no strikes, no outs. <laughs> she was so pissed. She was so pissed at me. It was, it was, it was bad. So that's what I kind of figured, you know, <laughs> probably shouldn't be up. <laughs> I never forget the look on her face when I, I looked. I mean, I actually, I looked down because I knew there was. I mean, I could have just said, I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. But I looked down at the clicker. And I looked down. I go, no balls, no strikes, no outs. <laughs> and she was, if, I, if she could have burned me into a pile of rubble on second base at that point, I would have, that would have been me. What happened to Jeff? I don't know. He's that pile of dust out there on second base. The home plate up just Threw fire on him and burned him to the ground. So, anyway, that was my umpire. That was one of my last umpiring experiences. There are a couple more, but we don't need to tell all the umpiring stories. I do like I do uh, like calling close plays though, and then having people get all wound up. That's fun when you get the, when you get the arguments going because you can either fight back or you just go. That's the way I saw it. That's the way I saw it. Walk away, and they just get so. I mean, you know how frustrating. If you're if you've played sports, you know how frustrating it is. And you know, I I mean, I I know, personally know from experience out on the field playing that the frustration happens when those close calls happen, and they don't go your way, and it's just maddening. And uh, it's always fun as an umpire to do that because you can either get in their face and say, "I called him out." One more word. You're out of this game. One more word. Don't. And I mean, if the, any kind of word comes out of their mouth, they're out of here. But those that was, those particular times, I knew how many balls and strikes and outs there were in the inning. So it's kind of paying attention to the game. I mean, what? You're you're in the outfield. You're all behind second base. How am I, why am I keeping track of balls and strikes? <laughs> Somewhere in America, there's that girl. I don't know where she is. I don't know what her name is, but I know she remembers me because she wanted me dead. 
burned at second base right at that point. There's not a chance that she doesn't remember that. She might not remember it was me, but she remembers that happening. Because there was, oh, she was so pissed. <laughs> it's just a baseball game, honey. Okay. We're just out here for fun. Take it easy. Take it easy. Put your little front pad on so the baseball doesn't hit you in your breast and go back behind the plate, okay? Okay, pumpkin? I didn't say that. Stop it. So I was forced to watch. Now, you know me. I am fashion, right? I mean, clearly. You know that. There's no, I mean, there's never been a doubt uh, in, anyone's, in anyone's mind that I am fashion. And, of course, we've got, I mean, the new Project Runway coming out, uh, season 16. And, I, and I, I was forced to watch the opening show. And it was, um, it was different. Different. And, of course, this, uh, this year they're going to have uh, special fat guy clothes. Which I'm kind of looking forward to, actually. However, going through the entire episode and seeing the cast, oh my gosh. This season is going to be amazing. Now, I will say, and Heidi Klum, another, I mean, 16th season was milking this show on Project Runway. She's got the runoff shows, All-Star Project Runway with What's-Her-Face Alyssa Milano. I mean, just a fortune. Everything is sponsored from the shoes they wear to what store they shop at. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. They'll be raking in the cash from the show. And good for her. But now she's starting her own fashion line. Uh, Heidi, I mean, we should sit down and talk. Your line should also be carrying uh, Moo Moo's by Jeffy. I mean, the Heidi Klum, the Heidi Klum stamp of approval. Mumos by Jeffy, the Heidi Klum line. She may have something to say against that, but she's got a new uh, she's got a new fashion line starting, uh, hitting the stores. It says here, full fashion line since her activewear launch with New Balance in 2010, launching a fashion line in U.S. grocery stores. Oh, exclusively at the new little stores or Lidl stores, L-I-D-L that are moving here. We talked about that uh, a few weeks ago that are moving into the states. Includes leopard print blazers, pants, booties, super skinny jeans. Heidi, I mean, if you're going to have super skinny jeans, I think you're going to need to balance that with Moomoo's by Jeffy. Leather bomber jackets. Debut New York Fashion Week runway show early in September. So they're going to be in these grocery stores. I I, I doubt very much. I could be wrong. I doubt very much. A lot of super skinny jeans are going to be sold at a grocery store. I know everyone eats. Usually, I would guess, the grocery store people are not the extra skinny ones. So Project Runway, season 16. I watched the whole show. Holy cow. These new characters. I'm sorry, these new designers. They're not characters. They're new designers for season 16. Oof, man. And Tim Gunn. Tim, what is wrong with your voice, dude? Are you okay? Somebody get Tim Gunn on the line and ask him if he's okay. Find out what's going on. This whole special 
of saying hello and the going through the picking of the new of the new designers and there's he is something is wrong his voice is wrong I mean I hope it was just some kind of plague week and he couldn't change the couldn't change the taping but he didn't sound good so Tim I hope you're okay I'm concerned about you I'm a fan enjoy your work concerned. We do know that we have one, uh, who's the guy? That we have one straight guy for sure this year. Uh, I think he's the guy from Oakland, California. Michael Bramble. I think he's the, he made a point of saying that he, why can't straight guys be designers? We'll see how that works out for him. And they've got a set of twins. Holy cow. Oof. These twins, man. You want to talk about, they are, do you ever have people in your life that, suck the air out of the room when they're in it. Don't look at me like that. But I'm just talking about people that are, you know, when they come in the room and you're when they leave, you go, oh, thank God, they're gone. I mean, it's just they, they come in and they suck the energy because it's all about them. You got two of them. These twins are definitely succubuses, man. And so you're going to have two of them? Oof. We should, that, that should be fun because hopefully one of them gets kicked off and the other one will have to leave because there's no way that one of they be apart. There's no way they can't be. Those are stupid names. They don't have mine here. What the heck? Where's the... All right, now i got to see where the twins are. What, what are their names? It would be easy if I actually watched the show and paid attention to their names, but why would I do that? That would be stupid. When I could just look at them and listen to what they had to say and go through the go through the most. There's one lady that's you know got the she's she's old lady too. <laughs> she's old lady. She's 36. She's so old. Um, she's got a family. And I think she was the one from California, too, that talked about uh, Amy Bond. Yeah, 46. Holy cow. And she's got, and she introduced her husband as the spouse. Who does that? Is that a California, this is my spouse? It's not your husband. Husband, is, is, that, is that not PC enough? Husband is, means that, it generally means that that's a man. So in California, you can't be a husband, you're the spouse. Spouse is gender nonspecific. This is my spouse. I mean, I, weird. Weird. Where are the twins? What are their names on the stupid list? Now, you want to talk, I mean, they have the shaved head and they've got the the nose rings. I mean, frightening. You run into those twins somewhere. I mean, it might be good for a weekend, but not for a lot. Just joking. And then there's the, uh, there's the one girl that was... Uh, was I really good? I hope she does well because she had one of my favorite lines of uh, "I'm short, I'm short, I'm black, I'm fat, I wear glasses. You can't forget me." That's a good line. And the one kid, oh, who's the one kid? He's the young little punk. I just uh, I didn't like him, but he liked clowns. Could be Clown Saturday. He liked clowns. And he moved to America and gained a bunch of weight. 
He's from Taiwan. Where is this kid? He's from Taiwan. And he talked, my favorite, oh, here we go, Cha-Cha, Cha-Cha at 24. He moved here from Taiwan, and he gained he gained all kinds of weight because uh, he loves hamburgers and fries and free refills, people. I mean, come on, free refills. This kid's got to win. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher. All right, so I know that there's news stories and some, you know, important stuff to get to. But really, I mean, is there anything more important than what we're viewing on our our television habits? Going to the movies, watching TV? No. I mean, it's been requested already. And I I don't know that I'm going to do it because, you know, there's only so much work I can do during the day. (laughs) I mean, how busy do I have to be? But uh, it's been brought to my attention that possibly, uh, you know, a, a, a talking project runway podcast could be uh, could be put to work. I mean, it's possible that that could happen. It's also possible, I'll tell you what could happen, is uh, a talking Game of Thrones. Because, yes, I did start watching Game of Thrones. And, uh, I mean, I'm already, <laughs> I don't know how long it's been, but I've, I've only through three seasons. Just started season four. And I got to get caught up. I mean, it is so good. Whoever told me that it was good. I, I mean, I knew it was going to be good. I knew I believed everyone who told me it was so good. I just couldn't bring myself. I've got so, you know, there's only so many shows I can put into my head. All right. I'm sorry. And so, you know, when I, I didn't have one to go to after uh, Ozark on Netflix, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It's definitely, it's a big guy though. So if you're, you know, if you're, don't like the big guy movies. You know, if you can't go past PG-13, then don't go to Ozark. And definitely don't go to Game of Thrones. But uh, well were I mean, so much fun to watch. And so much just to... Uh, I want... Let's get to war. We've got we've had little battles going on. And, you know, we kill everybody. And, you know, there's only so many people that are... They tell you nobody's safe, but they do have safe characters. There, there's some a couple characters that they're not going to die. No way are they going to die. They're too good, too strong. And uh, whether you like them or not. So, uh, we know, I mean, we, talking Game of Thrones, maybe right into talking Project Runway. Come on now. That's world class right there. Right there. You know it is. You know it is. Don't look at me like that. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
Welcome to the broadcast. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. Uh, coming up after this show, you've got Lawrence. What's his name again? Lawrence Jones. And then uh, Mike Slater, Joe Pags, all brand spanking new and shiny broadcasting for you on the Blaze Radio Network. And then tomorrow we have Jackie Daly, some other shows. And then Monday we've got Doc Thompson, some other shows. I mean, there's no reason for you to go anywhere else. Really, those. I mean, look, look. Why go anywhere else? Blaze.com/slash/radio. That should be your broadcasting outlet. You need not go any farther. Doesn't matter what show's on. Could be Opelka before me on Saturdays. Could be Lawrence Jones after me on Saturday. I mean, it should be me for sure. And then, uh, you know, Monday through Friday, whatever. You know, Doc in the morning, and then you got Glenn back. Then Opelka. Then Salcedo. Then now, instead of two, you get one hour of bat and stew. Yeah, I mean. Whew. Man, did we get tired of doing two hours a day. <laughs> and then you've got uh, then, uh, Buck Sexton will be live. Uh, with America Now, uh, Monday through Friday on the Blaze Radio Network, 6 to 9 Eastern. So, again, I ask, why go anywhere else? You get up on Sunday morning, you got Jackie Daly, you got David Barton, you got Bill Handel, you got Yarn Brooks. I mean, there's no reason for you to go anywhere else. Right? Right? Recall alert, recall alert, GM, recalling about 700,000 Chevy and GMC trucks. Wait, what? The vehicles may have a software problem that can cause them to spontaneously lose their electric power steering assistance for about one second. Yeah, that happened to me. (laughs) No, officer, really, I didn't mean to spin into this store. It was an accident. It was a software issue in my truck. Here, look. I mean, that's kind of frightening. Just drive, just this has split second. I, I don't know how much damage you could do in that split second, but I guess if you're, I don't know, Jeff, go 75, 75 miles an hour, or I mean the speed limit, 65, of course, and uh, lose, lose that. Lose that just for a second. Let's see what happens. So if you're driving Chevy or GMC, good luck. God bless. What you really should be driving, where is the... What you really should be driving is a BMW. I mean, I, this BMW is not a sponsor of this broadcast. I don't know if you've ever had a BMW. I, in fact, owned a BMW a number of years ago, a little 325i or something. It was a little two-door, had the had the sunroof. Oh, but it was, I love that little... It was a four-speed. I love that little Beamer. Um, there, the only issue was, um, it was Florida and the AC didn't work. And so I decided that perhaps I should probably sell it, but I love that little Beamer. And, uh, I'm telling you, you watch a video that was posted. It was on my Facebook page. I think I posted it on my Twitter too. I'll post it again of this 
the BMW that falls seven stories in Austin, Texas from a parking garage. And the lady lived with, I mean, not life-threatening injuries. I mean, BMW should be running that footage across the world. Buy our cars. Survive seven-story crash. If you haven't seen the footage, it's really amazing. And there's a, I think it looks like a Volvo, Volkswagen. It probably is since it's Austin. Volvo. Um, just misses getting dead on hit from the Beamer falling seven stories from the parking garage. I mean, the the back of the car gets banged on from the Beamer, but it would have been, someone would have died had that, had he landed on top of that station wagon. But instead, bam, right into the concrete. I mean, it, it's amazing footage. Seven stories. Never mind the fact that you're, that you're, that you're okay and you survived. Good. And good for, and you know, I'm happy for the lady. But you want to talk about losing that one second from the GM Chevy or GMC trucks, losing control because of a software issue. You're going to talk about the second and a half, three seconds, however long it takes you to drop seven stories in a BMW, and you're off the side of that parking garage, and you're headed straight down. I mean, you want to talk about that frightening moment. That's it. I mean, fantastic. She's okay. And, and she survived. And you think, so she survived. So what? What are you worried about? She's fine. I know. But that, how long, how long do you figure it takes you to drop seven stories? I'm not, look, I'm not a mathematician. <laughs> Clearly that's true. But I mean, how long does it take you to drop seven stories? Two seconds? <laughs> Took her too long. Yeah, it's too long. I'll tell you that. All right. Well, you're in that thing. No kidding. Life has probably slowed down to serious slow motion. And yet, when you hit the ground, it ain't slow motion. I don't know if you ever been. Uh, I was. You lose control like that. I was in a pickup truck on a bridge and lost control. Hydroplaning. You know, I, I may have been accelerating faster than what you know you should be. The tires may have been, you know, a little, I don't know, not not a hundred percent up to, you know, rubberage. <laughs> but you lose control. And I started to spin whoosh, and you, that first second of losing control, you just you're like, oh crap. And you and you expect to get it back. Right, I mean, you, you, that's the that's the General Motors, the GMC truck losing that second of losing control. You expect to get it back, and that's where you get in trouble because if you don't get it back, you're you're done. And so I started hydroplaning in this truck, and you you like trying to get it back, and then you realize you're not getting it back. You're still, I mean, you're starting to you're starting to really get out of control, and you're looking around like, what about the traffic? Now this was like four thirty in the morning, so there wasn't a lot of traffic. And it was just starting to really storm. So it was really coming. <laughs> and I spun. Whoosh, I started spinning around this bridge. Like, whoosh, whoosh. And then. Bam. Head on into the side rail. And then backwards. Spins back around. Whoosh, back around. Back of the truck. Bam. Into the guardrail. And then. Turn sideways again. Whoosh, bam. 
into the guardrail and scrape backwards all along the guardrail along the side of the rider's side of the truck. And then slides back out into the lane. So you've got two lanes on this bridge, the Gandhi Bridge, in be connecting St. Petersburg and Tampa, Florida, the eastbound side, heading from St. Petersburg into Tampa. So um, I was got my I got the back end of my truck sticking out into the inside lane. There's still the outside lane, and it's raining. I mean, it's pouring. And the seat in the truck, when you make that sudden smash into the guardrail, it may have been, there may have been a weight issue, uh, you know, like the, when you have a lot of weight on you and then it strikes and you push against the seat, it falls back. And so my seat is flat. I'm flat. When the, at the, after the first bam into the guardrail, I am flat laying in my truck because the seat broke. So the seat, I'm laying back. Straight back. And I'm still spinning, right? You're still boom, boom. So I finally stop. And I sit up. And I look out the window like, holy cow. Is there traffic coming? And there's some lights coming. It's far away. But I'm figuring, you know, I'm going to get hit again. I'm going to get nailed again. I'm just sitting here. But it was, you know, there was another lane. So I'm hoping, you know, that people can actually, it's okay to go around. It's really stormy. Really rainy. I don't want to get out. It's really raining and storming. So the first truck that comes by stops. He gets out and he runs over to the window. I just roll it down just a little bit because I don't want to get soaking wet from the. Yeah? You okay? Everything all right? Yep, I'm fine. Thank you. Roll my window back up. No, I don't want to get wet. I know you got soaking wet running from your car over here to see if the human was okay, but I'm fine. Yeah, I don't want to get all wet. Go back. Go away now. So I called I called 911. I called 911. And I called in a traffic report to the radio station I worked for saying that the eastbound inside lane would be blocked for a little while due to an accident. Red pickup truck. Dodge. Extended cab. Hood. Uh, I, I like that truck, too. So I have no idea what I was talking about, but now I'm, all I'm thinking about is this damn truck accident, and it's it's frightening. Oh yeah, the BMW, the, that, those seconds of fright when it's going on is horrific. And imagine dropping off the seven stories that that the time between the crap I'm going over to all the way down to slamming into the ground. Holy cow! I mean. You are seriously cleaning. You need some. I mean, remember when you were a kid and your mother always told you when you leave the house, make sure you clean your ears and you have clean underwear on. Now, the reason that she told you to have clean underwear is because if you ever got in some kind of accident or had to go to the hospital, she didn't want to be embarrassed, right? She wanted you to have clean underwear. However, she wasn't thinking about the time that you would drop seven stories from a parking garage. So it wouldn't matter whether you started the day with clean underwear or not. Because by the time you landed at the bottom of that seven-story parking garage, you don't have any clean underwear. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
This is The Jeff Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. All right. So I guess we should probably talk about some real news, although I don't know why. I've got, I want to, I want to talk a little, I mean, because we're, we're close to war. We're close to war all over the damn world. I mean, we really are. I mean, we can pretend that we're not. We can pretend that, you know, it's just another, another TV show. And maybe that's what our president is doing. Just pretending it's another TV show because he likes the way TV shows make strong people that are ready to go to war look. I sure hope that's not the case. But we've got people all over the world, uh, you know, preparing for war, including our military. We've got uh, television pundits, and I hate to call Brian Williams a television pundit, but he has been, I mean, if you ask Brian Williams, he's, you know, been in all over the world in war stories. But he did say the truth, uh, and who knew he still had a show, by the way, on MSNBC? I mean, are we seriously believing in Brian Williams anymore. Anyway, he's got his show, whatever it's called, and he had uh, Angela Mitchell, who is tremendous. He had Barry McCaffrey, and he had Malcolm Nance, who is an MSNBC contributor. So he's going down his Talking Heads show. and It looks like every other Talking Heads show, which, I mean, cutting edge for Brian Williams. And he did say the truth as he was throwing it to Malcolm Nance the other day, though. Uh, Malcolm, our job tonight actually is to scare people to death on this subject so the talk isn't as free as it is about a preemptive Wait. or surgical military strike. Wait. You know that part of the world. The population centers, Wait, Andrea and the general, have talked about uh, South Korea, the Japanese, and so on and, and so, so on. on. And so on. And he's almost as good as me. And some shows. I mean, all right, can we hear Brian again? Because I, I won't talk during Brian. I just want you to hear how he scares the group. However, no, I don't want to hear Brian again. I can't take him. But he tells the truth, right? That's their job. Scare the crap out of us. And they're doing a good job. North Korea is all wound up. Our press is beating up uh, our president for the rhetoric that he's spewing out. How about we beat up on North Korea a little bit? How about that? How about we talk about the horrible regime and horrible uh, uh, things that uh, that country has been doing to its people uh, for years now? How about we beat up on them for a little bit? How about let's just turn the tables just a little bit? Uh, Secretary Mattis uh, warned already uh, North Korea, uh, look, keep it up. Uh, we're ready. And uh, guess what? Keep it up, uh, the destruction of your peoples. Okay? <laughs> now, that's one thing I will give about uh, Mad Dog Mattis. Uh, he's, uh, yeah, let's bomb him. All right, we're military is ready. I know we're a little short over here, but we're not short over there. So let's go. Let's bomb the hell out of him. Well, our military is ready to go. Locked and loaded. So President Trump on his 
working. Well, they're remodeling the White House. So, I mean, he's just, he's still working. He just had to get to work from somewhere. If you're remodeling the place that you usually work at, you got to go somewhere else to work. And, you know, when you have a resort that you own, why not go there? I know this is hurricane and tropical storm season, so he's not going to Florida. Let's go to New Jersey. And, you know, that's where he's at. So he was asked, he came out uh, with uh, Rex Tillerson, Secretary of State, and Nikki Haley, our ambassador to the United Nations. And he had their, you know, little meeting of what's going on, and I'm sure that's all they talked about was North Korea. However, we found out it really wasn't all they talked about. So you get the obligatory North Korea chat uh, from the press and from Donald Trump, which leads you to believe that Don has been listening to Mad Dog Mattis. Uh, he's, I, th- I think he's in his mind. Uh, if little Kimmy says something uh, that pushes him the wrong way, uh, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna go. And uh, just listen to the way he answers these. Americans are on edge with this, with this rhetoric going back and forth between the United States and North Korea. What can you tell them? What, what, what you can tell them? To you know what I can say? Hopefully it'll all work out. Yeah, you know, hope. Okay, nobody loves a peaceful Nobody, nobody loves a peaceful uh, solution more than I do. So hopefully it'll work out. Solution better than President Trump, that I can tell you. That I can tell hopefully you. Hopefully it'll work out. But this has been going on for many years. Would have been a lot easier to solve this years ago before they were in the position that they're in. But we will see what happens. We think that lots of good things could happen, and we could also have a bad solution. You know. But we think lots of good things can happen. We well, think we lots of good things can happen. I think you know the answer to that. Oh, wait, what? Please, when you say bad solution, are you talking about war? Is the U.S. going to go to war? I think you know the answer to that. <laughs> How long is the other clip? I we got to get to the other clip, too, because he has some nice things to say about Venezuela. We'll play that clip. I, that's what I'm turning into one of my favorite clips right there. No one likes the peaceful solution more than President Trump. I can, that I can tell you. Okay, But uh, I think you know the answer to that. I'm not going to say we're going to bomb the crap out of them, but I think you know the This answer. is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Got a nice peach again. Where are you? You put it away. I was just starting to dance. I know that's why you're okay. All right, so I want to finish up with with Donald Trump because and with the possibility of war. Now, the last clip we played, I'll, I'll play again. Of course, we had you know I was joking around a little bit about Brian Williams and his show, but he really is telling the truth there. I mean, he believes that it's their job, at least then, to scare the crap out of Americans. I think there's a lot of Americans already scared. I also think that there's a lot of Americans that are kind of feeling, um, let's just bomb them. Who cares? 
Now, we've heard horror stories about uh, South Korea and what will happen there. We've also got plenty of stories of saying that, look, it's not going to be as bad as what they're saying. South Korea is better prepared than what we're giving them credit for. Uh, we've been technically at war since the 50s, so we've, it's, everything is still in place. And so little Kimmy can do whatever he wants. Guam has already set up warnings to its people, so if little Kimmy wants to attack Guam. And I have this feeling, like, what bothers me the most about all this is, is it, if little Kimmy sets off a bomb, let's say he fires a missile, boop, little Kimmy, I, I got to fire against him. Donald Trump said something mean to me, and he tweeted something mean to me. I'm going to fire. You know what I'm going to do is I'm going to blow up an island in the Pacific. Okay. You know what I'm going to do? I've got a missile that I think will make it to the west coast of the U.S. I'm going to fire that. I'm little Kimmy. Do we not see that coming? Uh, you know, they're talking about it could hit the U.S. in 20 minutes. If someone fires a missile at the United States of America, and it's not going to get here for 20 minutes, and we don't fire a missile to, I don't know, redirect it someplace else, we deserve to get hit. Okay, I, I mean, that's what we've been paying for all these years, right? I mean, we're going to see it coming. I mean, our guys on the West Coast, oh, boy. Oh. Yeah, he said he was going to fire a missile, but you know what? It's nap time for me. And don't worry about looking at that radar stuff. <laughs> Nobody needs that. Don't worry about that. Come on now. Now, Trump does everything, but he's trying to at least be a little nicer here in his talk when asked about uh, the possibility of war with North Korea. Americans are on edge with this with this rhetoric going back and forth between the United States and North Korea. What can you tell them? What what, what you can tell them? To you know what I can say? Hopefully it'll all work out. Okay? Nobody loves a peaceful solution better than President Trump, that I can tell you. Hopefully it'll all work out. But this has been going on for many years. Would have been a lot easier to solve this years ago before they were in the position that they're in. But we will see what happens. We think that Lots of good things could happen, and we could also have a bad solution. Never know. But we think lots of good things can happen. What would be a bad solution, yes. sir? I think you know the answer to that. When you say bad solution, are you talking about war? Is the U.S. going to go to war? I think you know the answer to that. Yeah, absolutely. You know the answer to that, and I'm not going to say it. Okay, douchebag. And then they uh, get to a little talking about uh, the rest of the world and what's going on, since it was the Secretary of State, uh, Tillerson, and uh, Nikki Haley, uh, the United Nations ambassador, uh, with him there in New Jersey at their little uh, little summit on the working vacation. Can you tell us what you're considering for Venezuela? What options are on the table right now to deal with this mess? We have many Okay. What are you worried about Venezuela? I don't know. The people are burning the country down. They got no money. They got no food. Uh, it's going into complete chaos. What do you think? We're going to just let it go? Now, instead of saying, um, well, I think maybe some neighboring countries should help out and we're there to assist in any way we can uh, when people want to, you know, take care of their own stuff there down there on their own continent. But no. No. No, we got to be the fixers. We got to be the helpers. Options for Venezuela. And by the way, I'm not going to rule out a military option. Stop. What? Are you freaking kidding me? I'm not going to rule out a military option. We're going to, are we, are we taking over Venezuela? Is it our country now? Good. How about, how about, as long as we're on our way to Venezuela, let's just take over Cuba 
and we'll just keep going. How about that? Go ahead. We have many options for Venezuela. This is our neighbor. This is, Stop. you know, we're. You know, it's not really a neighbor. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really sure. I, you know, I never, look, I didn't go to a professional geography class. I can't make a globe like the Ballerby Globes out of London. Then why haven't they sent me one at Ballerby Globe Makers? But hey, that's another thing. But I'm guessing just by the United States, he's in New Jersey, you come down here, and you go to Venezuela. That's, they're not our neighbors. They're all over the world. And we have troops all over the world. And places. We do. We do have troops all over the world, and we go all over the world. We do that. But why there? Why there? Anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. This is a very, very far away. Wait, Venezuela stop. is not. We have soldiers that are very, very far away. Now, is Venezuela very, very far away? Venezuela is not very far away. Oh, and the people are suffering, and they're dying. We have many options for Venezuela, including a possible military option if necessary. Say? Of course we've got military. They did say that. We have military options for everybody, even our real neighbors. You know, like Mexico and Canada. But we don't need to say it. That's for All right, this is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I can't, I can't. I, that's why I don't do news on Saturdays. It drives me insane. It really does. It drives me insane. And even when we're trying to be nice to our neighbors in Venezuela. You know, in my neighborhood, let's just use my neighborhood for an example. There's houses right next to me. Those are my neighbors. Then there's other neighborhoods in other cities. Now, it could be a neighboring city. It's just, it's not really our neighbors. All right, so let me let me give you some city names here, okay? Now, you know, every week we try to, and not every week, but most of the time we try to give you some weird stories out of the state of Florida. Look, Texas is in the running for one of the weirdest states uh, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the nation, in the union. Uh, running with uh, California, which is, I mean, California is way up there. I also got a, uh, I got a tweet from someone reminding me of what happened in California. Uh, I was uh, talking about how the person from California introduced her husband as the spouse. And I was, who does that? It's got to be a PC thing, right? Because nobody calls their, I mean, your husband and wife. You don't call them their spouse. The terms husband and wife have been deleted from California's marriage law under a bill signed into law Monday by Governor Jerry Brown. This was dated July 7th, 2014. So I'm a couple years behind. I'm sorry. But she's all caught up, the lady on. Project Runway. So California's in the running. Texas is in the running. But really, number one crazy state in the country is Florida. And that's why we have ChuckInFlorida.com 
to remind us some of the people that are whacked out of their minds and still living in the state of Florida. Uh, Chuck, I want to give you some city names and you tell me what they have in common. I mean, obviously, yes. obviously they have Florida names oh, okay. uh, in common, but I was wondering what they, what, to you, what else they have in common. Jacksonville, sure. Brooksville, Tallahassee, Gainesville, Spring Hill, Daytona Beach, Melbourne, Hollywood, Lakeland, Ocala. Ten cities from the state of Florida. Okay. What do they have in common? Sinkholes. <laughs> well, they probably do have sinkholes in common, except that uh, I don't think maybe – does Jacksonville have them? I'm pretty sure. I, I haven't been up there in a while. I try to avoid the area. Well, <laughs> thank you. And you know why you try to avoid them? And I'm happy to hear you say that. Thank you. Because yeah. this list is the top ten most white trash cities in Florida. It makes perfect sense. When you said Melbourne, I was kind of going that, leaning that direction, but I didn't want to state the opposite. It doesn't have Gibsonton in it. Isn't that where you live? I, I don't live in Gibsonton. That's that's where a lot of the clown uh, posse lives. Though, I know. You know. I know the carnies. Right. I know the carnies. Now, the clowns, don't, don't, first of all, don't, don't start mixing clowns and carnies. Okay, there's a difference. There's a huge difference. Clowns are a little over in Sarasota, a little nicer right. neck of the woods, with the clown right. college and the clown school. Yep. And you got Gibsonton, those are carnies. That is correct. There's Carn- a little difference. Another animal. <laughs> Carney clowns are serial killers. <laughs> those are the ones that you see running amok in the, you know, out in the fields with the butcher knives and so forth. Yeah. Yes. And We're it, seeing them pop up on the internet. What, whatever oh, happened oh. to Lobster Boy, by the way? He was, my, um, he was my favorite Carney star. I actually have a close personal connection to that. A buddy of mine of made do. a cast of his hands. He's got the original Lobster Boy claws. So is he well, still alive? I at last last news was I up. think five years ago he was alive, but he wasn't doing well. He yep. had some health issues. But I haven't kept up with my Lobster Boy news. I need to go research that. I thought you had, so the only connection you have really is like brush with greatness. You you know a guy who made molds of Lobster yeah. Boy's hands. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you don't know Lobster Boy. Haven't personally met him. No, is on my is on my bucket list. I yeah. have I have met Lobster Boy. I thought he'd be he'd been down to the station when yes. he used to live here. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, he has. Yep. And he used to do his little stupid uh, public access show, so he was always hawking stuff on that. Right. So, what do you got for us, Chuck, in Florida.com? Speaking of stupid little stories from the state of Florida, uh, we have a lot of nakedness in the state of Florida right now. I'm I don't a big know fan of that. Like in 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 Texas, you know, like surface of the sun, hot the way it has been here. Oh no, it has been. Chuck, you are not even, I mean, this has been the surface of the sun here this year. What is going on? I mean, it, it, first of all, we're in the Florida rain pattern for summer. It's every single day it rains. Well, that's good. Yes, it's what makes us tropical, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that saves, uh, you'll never be out of a drought because once governments say you're in a drought, you're in a drought forever, but you're out of the drought now. We've been out of the drought for almost eight years. I mean, since that whole hurricane run through that we haven't seen since. You know? Yeah. Well, since this year you're, they're picking up. But anyway, enough weather talk. I mean, I could, I could, listen, I could talk meteorological talk with you <laughs> from here to the sundown. Oh, we definitely have stories to compare as well as lots of uh, updated weather. But you now moving on to more important things. I want like to talk about nakedness. Nakedness and sesame seeds. Who doesn't Ooh. love good sesame seeds on their burger buns? Right. Right. Well, apparently this guy had smoked some uh, synthetic marijuana, kind of went to his brain a little wacky, little wacky weed, made him go out and search for sesame seed buns. 
The Florida man is accused of burglarizing his neighbor's home while naked and gave police an excuse that he can only be described as seedy. <laughs> See what they oh. did there. Martin Henderson of Florida, of Largo, Florida, was arrested after he broke into the Wait, house. Wait, who? Martin Henderson, 48, of Largo, Florida. Largo. Do you know him? No, I do not. Okay. No, I do not. Using I wanted to say knife, I did, but... Or uh, used a butter knife to open up his neighbor's door, standing in his kitchen naked, and the homeowner said, you're lucky I don't knock you out. That's when I hit him. I hit him twice. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently the naked guy got knocked out. And, so he was uh, searching the neighbors. He was, it was, I mean, it's funny with the sesame seeds, but I mean, he was actually he was searching the neighbor's house for food. Uh, yeah. And he just yeah. didn't put clothes, he just didn't put clothes on when he, did, when he did it. So Right, yeah, he forgot to get uh, dressed because I mean, it's so blazing hot. It's right up. next door. It's not like going to Venezuela. No, this is true. And you usually put clothes on when you go to Venezuela. I, I, mean, mean, you, I mean, when you go to a neighbor's house, you can be naked. Right. <laughs> don't There's you, no law against that in Florida. Don't you run next door to your neighbor's house naked from time to time? It's been known to happen. There I'm sorry. Know. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they're not home and the pool's open, you know. Oh, I didn't say so, that. So, yeah, you know, you've got uh, other things. Uh, other running naked people down the streets of Florida after they rob a bank. This guy from Cor- Carl Gables, Alexander Sperber, decided that uh, he's going to be a comedian. And I guess he thought it would be funny to rob a bank naked. First of all, where are you going to hide the gun? I mean, you're going you're gonna to take a, a, a stick up, right? Give me Stop all the it. money in the drawer. Oh, yeah, I forgot to bring a bag, you know. Stop but he's it. a 25 I mean, he's year a comedian. He should... At Florida Atlantic if University. he's a comedian, I mean, he ought to walk in, you know, ready to go. So it actually I, is a stick up. This is a stick up, right, uh, yes. Uh, is I guess a gun it's or are you just happy to see him. me? Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, but I'll, I got, I'll be here all day. Right. Here all day. The, the sister decided to, to kind of defend him on, on the internet and said, hey, look, uh, you know, he's been in a mental facility and uh, he thinks he's a comedian, but uh, he's actually an honor student at Florida Atlantic University. Oh, of course he is. Of course he is. That's why he's he naked through the streets yeah. throwing oh, he's money. He's off his meds. Yeah. <laughs> we do need to start. Maybe that's a, an episode I should do is we need to start the thinking about opening up the loony bins again. I don't think they necessarily called them loony bins, but... Yes, they're mental health facilities now, yes. Jeff. I mean, come we on. We need to open up more mental health facilities. I know my property value went up when they opened up uh, one next to it here, uh, next to us on the on the street, so that's always fun. Yeah, but, I love hearing those alarms at 3 a.m. <laughs> did, okay. they, did they build a wall up down the roadway there? No, it's a white picket fence. And no, seriously, a- when they built that building, right? I remember when they were building that stupid thing. Yes, yes, they did not. I build- have not been to your home in quite some time, but I remember when they were building that. Now that I'm thinking yep. about it, and you you lived down that well next that to a loony bin, right? I city in- dirt road that you lived on. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up again. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was always it was always great to come to your house. Holy crap! I mean, in the middle of the city of Tampa, the world's only dirt road. <laughs> Under utility construction. I can't understand it. Anyway. Anyway. They didn't uh, build, build a giant wall there? They did not. They put up a white fence, and it is worthless. Yeah. Um, no crap. walls. Right. I mean, I, I could, you know, I could go on I about that. I'm taking a break, have I? I'm supposed to take a break. I'm the app to you. I'm doing silly stories. All right, quickly. Quickly. Oldsmar man accused of offering a Tampa cop $10,000 to get out of a pot arrest. He's pulled over. He's got a couple of uh, grams in his uh, little jar there with a pipe. Officer Douglas Bailey was offered ten grand to let him go. Michael Shadel was going to jail. Said that uh, 
you know, look, uh, I got ten grand here. It's yours. Just uh, let's ignore this whole thing. Uh, he attempted to bribe the uh, officiant, I guess that's the word, by offering to pay ten grand in exchange for his release. The officer did not take the money. He put him in jail. Bond, twelve grand. Oh. <laughs> so, and now he's got an extra charge on it. For what? O- offering to assist the police officer in enhancing his income? Uh, but apparently that's not uh, that's frowned upon in the state of Florida. ChuckInFlorida.com. <laughs> ChuckInFlorida.com. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. That it is. We've got so much more to get to. We're going to go uh, inside uh, behind the scenes at YouTube coming up next hour. I've got, uh, oh, we got some, we got some, uh, what's her face? Uh, what's her face, the big singer star that had the radio DJ grabbing her butt that everybody thinks that was me? It wasn't me, okay? I didn't grab Taylor Swift's butt. I didn't do it. I'm not saying I wouldn't in the future or have in the past, but this particular case is not me. And we've got uh, I've got some uh, tremendous stories too about a lady that saved a little pig. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! It's so it's so cute and wonderful. Such a cute little thing that she found a little little piglet running around and she saved it. Now she wants to raise money to get it an operation. And I say, eat it. We're save it to eat it, okay, but we're saving it for a pet. Uh, this is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Nine six seven and get your tax problem resolved once and for all. That number again is eight hundred. 5794967 The experiment was a success. Begin life force reboot program now. Stand clear. Life signs stable. It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher show. On the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA. Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. Instagram, at JeffyMRA. You go to theblaze.com. Go to the channels. Click on Jeffy Fisher. You can follow me there as well. Um, We put up some different, uh, different pieces from time to time on all of those different platforms. One big platform that we talked uh, quite a bit about last week is, of course, YouTube. And we know that uh, YouTube has, uh, well, we'll call it the adpocalypse uh, going on. And there's uh, several uh, channels that are uh, a little, little wound up, a little wound up at YouTube. Uh, one of them is uh, a zombie go boom, uh, which, of course, you know, as a, as a, as a connoisseur, of uh, 
zombies, walkers, the dead. Um, and of course, uh, you know, the, uh, the podcast, uh, talking walking dead that we do here, uh, when the show is up and running, uh, I, I'm a fan of zombie go boom. And I was sad to hear that, uh, they were, uh, getting a little bit of the YouTube shaft. And so I kind of thought, well, you know, we should, we should talk to the guys. And I, and I have a feeling that, okay, they're not going to be able to talk about the lawsuit. Uh, James Sweet and uh, Chuck Murray, uh, the two founding members uh, of uh, Zombie Go Boom, and they, you know, talk about uh, uh, different items that can be used to uh, protect you uh, during the, uh, uh, you know, if you ever had to. If you ever had to go up against uh, walkers uh, and zombies uh, in your life. Uh, I've always often said that, uh, I, you know, I'm probably, I'm gone, I'm dead. Uh, my wife would probably save me for the first five or ten minutes and then go, you know what? No. Uh, you know what? I love, I love you, but no. I'm done saving you. I'm going to be more concerned about me. Uh, but uh, I'm sure that, you know, they're going to say, hey, the case is over, and we're able to talk to you about it, Jeff, because we've settled with YouTube, and uh, everything is good, and the world is uh, is shiny, and it's a beautiful thing, and we're creating more and more Zombie Go Boom videos, and we've got more sponsors and better public viewing than ever before. James Sweet and Chuck Murray. Is that the truth? No, it is not, Jeff. I'll see that, Bob. Now they're mad at me. Now they're mad at me. They're pissed at me because they didn't want to talk about the lawsuit. But I, I, I know that. It's Okay. It's all right. I didn't want to talk about the lawsuit with them either. I want to talk about their damn YouTube channel. And I wanted to talk about actually if they, you know, if the case is still ongoing and uh, where they're at in it, because it's a little frustrating. Uh, they're not the only ones. Uh, you may have heard of Diamond and Silk. Uh, we've had them on uh, the Blaze Television Network uh, several shows, and uh, they are complaining that they're they're getting uh, they're getting a little bit of the shaft from YouTube, and they're claiming that it's because of you know pro Donald Trump. Uh, obviously we talked last week about uh, the zombie go boom and the adpocalypse where they're saying that uh, YouTube changed their parameters uh, and cost them, uh, you know, minus lost ads, which lost them a lot of money. Uh, they were doing such a, a really cool thing on their channels. They were getting, uh, you know, they were making ten to $15,000 a month. That's a good gig and, and that's a lot of work. Uh, a lot of work to get uh, a lot of subscribers. I'm not sure what uh, the Zombie Go Boom YouTube channel has as followers right now, uh, as subscribers. It's looking like, uh, I mean, this particular one has got over a million views. So that alone, uh, you're talking about uh, some serious some serious money if you're using YouTube as an income, which many of them are. Um, anyway, I wanted to talk to them and see, and I know that they didn't want to talk about the lawsuit, and they had, uh, they've got a couple of... Uh, They've got a couple of things going on. Obviously, they want you to, you know, still follow their YouTube channel at Zombie Go Boom. But they also had uh, what was it, Robert? Tell me again what uh, what they had going for uh, to help them out if they needed help uh, to go against them. What is it? No, that's not it. Are you Robert? Okay, see, there's Robert, there's Robert, and there's Chris that help me out with this show every week. And, you know, to be nice, I'll say that I like them and they do a good job. That's to be nice. But, so, James Sweet and Chuck Murray. All right, so you got mad at me already. You hung up the phone on me already? I I, I didn't even question you yet. What? Oh, no. You're mad at me already, James Sweet and Chuck Murray? I haven't even oh, questioned no. you about the lawsuit yet. 
No, no, no. Sorry. No, we. Uh, my, I'm mad at my phone. I've been. Uh, <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to get on 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 the show, and and it dropped the call twice. So. Uh, oh. Different phones. So. Those damn phones. Totally, totally unrelated, and and very very happy to be here. <laughs> so is this is this Chuck or James? Uh, this is Chuck and James. Hey, how you doing? Okay, hey, James. So I've got both of you. Oh, man, my heart just skipped a little beat. I have both of you here. Um, so I know that, look, I don't know how much you heard, but I know you can't talk about the lawsuit or, you know, you're up against it. But I'm hoping that you can tell me that as of right now, the lawsuit has been settled. It's over. The sun is shining. The world is all right. You've made. You've got your money back, and, and it's a beautiful place. Yes or no? Oh, I, I wish. I wish that were the case. Oh, um... It's it's just uh, very very slow going. We can probably say a little bit about about the lawsuit. Um, uh, I, I think uh, mostly we were just advised to not get too emotional about the whole thing, regardless right. of the fact that you know it wrecked our livelihoods. That's it, the though. Lives of our families. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. Uh, it's just it's just slow going. Um, uh, YouTube is supposed to respond any day now to our deposition and uh that's basically all we know so there are other uh channels that are uh up against uh, you know having some of the same issues and i don't know if they're the exact same issues or if they're just a part of a youtube issue all around that are having problems with you know the pay scale and are they joining you in this fight or are you all alone uh, yeah, there are uh, quite a few channels that have contacted us or our attorneys and, and had very, very similar stories about uh, their views being bottlenecked, their views not going out, um, the, and, but more importantly, the revenue that they used to make going down between 80 and 95% overnight. That's and amazing. a lot of these channels are, you know, uh, uh, Weapons channels, Second Amendment channels, or or channels with very very strong opinions. And uh, but the, the 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 weird thing about it is that it's not like a person, uh, at least as far as we know, it's not a person looking at the content on YouTube and figuring out whether or not something is quote advertiser friendly. It's uh, it's basically an algorithm that uh, looks for things in the titles, descriptions, and metadata. And if there are uh, there are certain words that the algorithm doesn't like, and if there are a lot of words like that, uh, then you uh, you're you're either going to get uh, demonetized, which YouTube would, for the most part, will warn you, saying that you know this video is now demonetized, uh, or uh, soft demonetization, which we. Uh, we had evidence of, but YouTube never came out and said anything until about three days ago when they actually said, yes, by the way, uh, some of your videos may be softly demonetized, which basically means that most of the views are not, are not, uh, they're not placing pre-rolls in front of those views. So to put it into perspective, last month, not, not a great month for us. We got 4 million views. Uh, normally, we average, well, before the apocalypse, we average between 6 and 10 million views. So, 4 million views, but only 95,000 okay. were monetized, and wow. uh, which, is, which is basically, uh, I mean, nothing. Um, you know, we have a company with five people, which means five families rely on what we do, and, um, and, and, and we've had to just find different kinds of work. I, 
I was actually up all night uh, making props for Mythbusters because we do we do special effects here. Um, so we've just been taking as much work as we can. Luckily, Mythbusters came came up to us and, and asked us to make some stuff for them. But well, I mean, um, that's great. I mean, that's good. That's good news. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we're just we're just we're just trying our best. But like the last video, it's like it's it's just it's just really difficult because you 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 spent we spent six years building up our company with 175 bucks to begin with from nothing. And then finally, when we get to that milestone, which is over 1 million subscribers, uh, they push a button and then our company is basically worth nothing. Um, the last five videos that we put out, um, uh, they got like, uh, and I'm not, I'm not joking around, 100,000 views, uh, some of them, and 80 cents of revenue 80 cents 80 cents to five dollars is, is basically what we get for a hundred thousand views now so their argument at least and i know i, I know you can't I, you know we're not we're getting deeper into the the suit than than you probably need to but i really am, am, am boggled by it's really almost with the um with the algorithm it's almost worse than having you know bill sit there and say yes or no to a video uh, because it just grand sweeps everything and throws everything down. YouTube, though, however, says is claiming they're out is obviously, well, you should have paid attention. But if you should have paid attention to their changes, how do you change what you do to match their algorithm? There is no way to do that, right? Well, that's correct. Um, they keep it kind of secret because they've had issues in the past with people trying to, like, rig it. Like, so you know, put in, in certain words or, right. or, you know, you've seen like a thumbnail of some, uh, you know, a woman in a bikini and you click on it or whatever. And there's, uh, I just want to go on record as saying that I've only done that a few thousand times. Okay. So uh, okay. not all the time. Do I just click on a woman in a bikini? That's a thumbnail. I'm sorry. Okay. Not every, well, time. And, that, and that might be a reason your wife would, you know, kill you <laughs> after a while. But, um, anyway, you know, but hey, but like, you know, that kind of stuff, because like, um, so people would game the system, basically, is what they call it. So they're constantly kind of changing it. And also, they change it based on what they think will help build them. So, for example, you might, they might want more views. So it'll be a certain way for a while. And then they might change and go, well, we want people to watch more videos longer. And it's called like watch time, the right. amount of minutes you right. spend. Okay. So then they'll change it back to to sort of say, well, if you get more of that, we'll reward you. But gotcha. the thing that's always been frustrating, even from the beginning, especially in this case, they don't tell you. you it just happens. And there's no way to, even if you are on the up and up, there's no way to even, uh, like, not even a hint, like, hey, we're going to start counting more watch time now. Like, they don't even tell you the generic thing like that. It just occurs. Right. Um, yeah, and one other thing, um, and maybe this will put in a little perspective, too, is um, with, with, with robots doing it, obviously they can't tell the content of something when watching it, right? Right. So one of the things that's going on, especially right now, that happened in, with a lot of the, the news kind of shows and are getting really hammered, too, is let's say you were doing a show where you're talking about the Taliban or how we were going to defeat them or some kind of thing they did wrong, you know, something like that. 
if it just sees the fact you're talking about the Taliban, it'll stop that video. Whether it's in a, a, a talk frame, a news frame, or any other frame, because they're just worried that an ad will get put on a video talk in any way, shape, or form talking about, say, terrorism or something. Right. So it's like a blanketed thing a computer sees. And so you have no idea what words will trigger that off or anything. And so that's what everybody is struggling with. Like, we make an entertainment show more, but the, but the news kind of uh, uh, shows are really struggling with it because they can't even really talk about issues and things anymore, you know, because the minute they do, they get hammered. So right. that's kind of, in a nutshell, how it works and what's going on. And specifically for when this happened on the 27th of March, like literally we just woke up and it was boom down and we were like, what is going on? We tried to talk to everybody. No, they wouldn't tell you anything. And it took like maybe a week or two, if I can remember correctly, where they finally put out something that said, Oh, by the way, we're doing this now. And you're like, uh, okay, well, what do we do? And we never got any answers. And then that's kind of what led to the lawsuit because we would have been more than happy to work with them if they would have just told us what they wanted to do. You know, it's like in any other industry or television or movie thing, you submit a film and it gets rated, right? Correct. And there's certain standards to that or whatever. Well, it's, let's say you make a movie, it comes back rated R, and you go, well, we really want a PG-13. We'll take they'll out a couple of scenes, yeah. Yeah, they'll tell you what to do. And so we were kind of like, if you think our stuff's rated R or whatever – how do we get it to PG 13 basically? Right. Right. And they were like, we can't tell you and that, was the end of, that was the end of it. And it was like, well, now we're just flying blind and we don't even, you know, we don't know what to do. So right. it's, it's, and it's weird specifically because we, you know, people are just, uh, a lot of it is basically conjecture because it's so secretive, but you hear from other YouTubers when you, when you, when you reach certain milestones on YouTube, you get to, work with other YouTubers that have reached that same milestone. And all of these YouTubers right. are constantly trying to figure out sure. what YouTube wants, what the algorithm is. And, and still these- trying to be entertaining and reach an audience. Exactly. And then that's the, that's the issue. It's hard because if, if, if you count watch time, then maybe you make your show slower and the audience doesn't like it as much. But even with just the words, the keywords that the algorithm is looking for, we've heard that even the word kiss can get a video demonetized. And now the big issue is that we have changed. We've changed our show a lot, and we've alienated our fan base a lot by trying to make content that is not just fam- uh, advertiser-friendly, but family-friendly, which it seems that that's what YouTube wants. And it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter what we put up on our channel. Everything makes hardly any money uh, at the most, maybe 10% of what we used to make. And, um, and and it really doesn't matter how family-friendly we make it. It seems to us, based on the analytics that we have, that our entire channel has basically been put in this sort of right. blacklist. Let me ask so you a question, just to, just as yeah. a side okay. note. Um, the, sure. channel, the channel Zombie Go Boom, mm-hmm. how much family-friendly can you make that? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I don't, but, 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 see, that's the, the crazy thing is, like, I wish they would say, no, it has to be family-friendly. What they're saying is that it has to be advertiser-friendly. Right. 
No, we, we used to work in television. We have a marketing background. We created Zombie Go Boom to be advertiser-friendly, to be entertaining. In fact, we get sponsors outside of YouTube all of the time. It's a little bit harder now that uh, that our views have you know, gone down and everything. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, it's a domino effect. There's no, there's no question about that. I, I completely understand right. that. But but we but we are we are advertiser friendly. Are we a show for kids? No, our main demographic is eighteen to thirty five year old males. And but but that's 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 too crazy. I guess I don't know. <laughs> All right, so James Sweet and uh, Chuck, I want to say your last name right, Murray. Uh, that's right. Uh, from uh, Zombie Go Boom. And I know that, uh, listen, I'm up against the clock. I'm going to take a couple minutes, and then I'm going to come back and have you guys talk about how uh, people can help if they want to and also how uh, how you guys got started. I'm fascinated on uh, how you got started and where you got before the world ended because of those <laughs> bastards at YouTube. So hold on. We'll be right back on the Blaze Radio Network. Here we go. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Fisher Show. That it is on the Blaze Radio Network. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. I'm talking with uh, <laughs> two gentlemen that are up against the big dogs. Okay, the big dogs of YouTube. Uh, James Sweet and uh, Chuck Murray, who inside of the big dog of YouTube became big dogs themselves and created uh, Zombie Go Boom. And I'm a fan. And uh, I've enjoyed a lot of your work. And I'm disappointed that uh, some of the uh, algorithms that we'll call the inside computer uh, network of YouTube has decided that uh, you guys uh, are not uh, ad friendly, which is insane. But uh, we talked a little bit about that uh, prior to uh, the break. But I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about uh, what got you started uh, doing this and what gave you the idea of, hey, we can do something on YouTube and create a fan base and make a little money at the same time. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Uh, James and I have a television background, and uh, we've been uh, doing television and film for uh, quite a long time, and then uh, we were lucky enough to work together at an NBC affiliate here in Fayetteville, Arkansas, and uh, we were always talking about just creative projects and how we wanted to get away from basically making local commercials and promos because we didn't feel like, you know, it was, it was, it was fun anymore. So uh, I was I was into martial arts and I was uh, I was writing a zombie movie at the time. Uh, the Walking Dead wasn't yet a show; it was a comic book, and I was a right. big fan of the comic. And uh, I started making this YouTube channel that was completely unrelated to Zombie Go Boom. But while I was doing that, James came. He used to be my boss. He went into my office and he said, "What are you trying to do?" And I said, "I don't know. I just you're not my boss anymore. Get off me." Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm just starting, you know, just trying to, to figure out new media. I just gave him some BS because I thought I was getting in trouble. You know? <laughs> and then he left, he went to his office, and he came back 30 minutes later, and he said, hey, why don't you try something on YouTube with a built-in audience that you already know, and it's huge, and it's growing. And I was like, yeah. what are you talking And he said, zombies. Why don't you and I make a show about zombies? And then we started developing it, and we re- we realized that for consistency, it could be like a reality kind of series, like Mythbusters. So then we were just basically like, okay, Mythbusters meets zombies. This is awesome. So 
we just developed it from there and uh, reached out to zombie fan pages on Facebook, and, and they started talking about it once we came up with a yeah. promo, and then it's just been a slow burn ever, ever since, you know, six years later, but we, we finally reached one million subscribers, which was a great day for us, and then you know, not too much later, this has happened. <laughs> that's, I mean, right. That, that's uh, that's fantastic. All right, listen, I'm up against the clock here. I'm going to hold you over sure. for just a couple more minutes, and then we'll find out how people can help. And I really want to, I'm fascinated at uh, uh, some of, what are some of your favorite products are. Uh, okay. All right, so James Sweet and uh, Chuck Murray from A Zombie Go Boom, and uh, more with them in mere moments on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. It is that on the Blaze Radio Network. Thank you so much for uh, coming along for the ride today. We're talking with uh, James Sweet and Chuck Murray from Zombie Go Boom, and uh, we discussed a little bit about their lawsuit up against uh, YouTube, and I'm hoping that uh, really you guys, look, before we get into how people can help because you've had your income cut and you're trying to keep people's jobs and livelihoods uh, so they can feed their families, uh, and we get into that, and uh, some of uh, some of your favorite uh favorite tools for uh, saving your life uh, during the zombie apocalypse. But uh, during this uh, adpocalypse, I mean, are you guys asking, I mean, do you want to bring YouTube down to the ground or you just want, you, you, the object is, is so that everybody makes money and everybody's happy, right? Of course. And um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we would like to make it a better platform that can work yeah. really well with creators. And I think honestly, you know, not to get too political, but right now, it really is an assault on um, alternative no. viewpoints in media, in news, in actually weapons and gun channels are really affected by this a lot. Huh. Like that's mostly our fans. Huh. So they're really, yeah, there really is a huge thing against this. And, um, you know, it's bordering on, you know, free speech and um, the right to bear arms and all that stuff. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's really, you know, YouTube is a great platform for people with independent voices. In fact, that's what they pitched to you when you first started. Right. Releasing. I mean, that's the whole point. Times It's never been better. Let's, I mean, anybody can do anything. Let your voice be heard. Yeah. And, and you know, they, they told us that the audience decides who makes it and who doesn't, not the gatekeepers. Well. That's turning into not be the case. They, yeah. And, and, and ironically, we feel and what we've been told is they're basically the gatekeepers. Yes. Which wasn't before. Mm -hmm. And, um, we understand they have to make money too. We're not dumb and we don't, you know, think that's the case, but there's better ways to go about it, I think. And, um, it, it really does, you know, this isn't necessarily our words. This is other people's words that we've talked to, but, you know, they board, they just think it's borderline coming on the censorship and different issues like that. And um, if you have a different viewpoint, um, especially with the news channels are talking about on there, and there's some that are very, very vocal about it. Huh. If you have a different opinion than the corporate media, huh. they don't want you to be heard. Really? And 
that's and there's videos all over about all that. That's pretty amazing. Who owns who owns YouTube again? Who owns YouTube again? Google. Oh, that's right. That's right. And they haven't been in the news lately. Oh, wait. Yes, they have. Where have they been in the news for? Oh, I know. Censoring some of their employees. Anyway, let's talk about your let's talk about your channel for a little bit. Anyway, that that's what we think. Right? Yes, I understand. And I good I, I want it to work out, believe me, for you and many others. Uh I want it to work out. And let's talk a little bit about that. Um you you were creating uh you were creating some content that was creating some income which led led you to have employees and so you have people that uh you know you're not only are you feeding your own families but you're feeding other people's families as well by creating this content and now the gatekeeper has pulled the plug a little bit on that so you're struggling to keep other families uh food on the table uh if someone uh what are you doing to uh, combat that a little bit uh we've basically had to switch uh, business models completely from an ad-based business model to a, maybe a sales business model. We started a merchandising shop at zombiegoboom.com. We have, uh, we've designed tools of the trade to combat the zombie apocalypse. We even designed the sword called the Executioner's Sword, which we feel is the best sword <laughs> in the world, especially for killing the undead. And uh, outside of that, we have a Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com slash TV, and even just a dollar will help us supplement our lost income so that the people that count on Zombie Go Boom to pay the bills can still count on Zombie Go Boom to pay the bills. There's nothing worse than having to go up to my employees and say, hey, I don't know when I'm going to be able to pay you this month. I mean, it's just, uh, I'm trying not to lose it on the radio but it, it's it's so hurtful you know yeah, I, I can well imagine all right so your favorite uh, your favorite weapon is uh, your sword oh absolutely the executioner's sword you don't even know you don't even have to train in in, in how to handle or wield a, a, a sword it, it just it's it's shaped in a way where anybody would be able to kill a 10 year old could kill a zombie <laughs> all right so what I can I, and I can purchase it's, that I mean, eighteen-year-olds. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, thank you, hey, thank you. I was going to correct you on that because there was no way that a thirteen-year-old would ever see anything like that. Um, so, what, 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 what is the executioner? That thing? I go to your zombie go boom uh, store. What's that thing going to run me? Uh, hundred and twenty-five bucks. And yeah, see that the thirteen-year-old. If you got hundred and twenty-five bucks, your thirteen-year-old's doing something he shouldn't. Okay, that's right. Just, well, or, or his parents get it for him, and, and you know, <laughs> with adult supervision, it shouldn't be that bad. Well, we also designed this sword to basically help you, whether uh, well, maybe, like maybe when camping, you know, you can actually right. put down with this. It, it works not just like a sword, but like a machete. I mean, you can't take a katana and cut wood with it, uh, contrary to The Walking Dead. Um, but, uh, but this sword is definitely designed Wait. for outdoor and all of that. Stuff. Are you saying that something in The Walking Dead is not true to life? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Because I don't know a lot that. Of what we do is uh, some of our, a lot of our more popular episodes is disproving some of the stuff that you see on The Walking Dead. All right, now, now you're pissing me off. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's very funny. So, what are some of the other objects I could get at the store? I don't want to go to the store and actually look around while I'm talking to you because I have my producer bringing up actually the executioner sword and it looks really cool and I may actually have to you know buy it for camping purposes. But um, right. the uh, what, is, what are some of your other favorite objects? 
it's still pretty early with our, our store. We're still trying to work out the kinks and then uh, set up partnerships with, uh, you know, distributors yeah. and, and, and other manufacturers and things like that. So uh, the goal is to have a full line of Zombie Go Boom products. But really what's up there right now is literally uh, prop liquidation. And because uh, we got to do what we got to do. <laughs> right. And, yeah, uh, no kidding. Some, some items that, that we were fortunate enough to be able to buy wholesale. That's, I mean, and, so. I wish you the best. If you guys uh, need anything, please let us know. And also, um, uh, when this case gets resolved uh, one way or the other, uh, I'd love to talk to you and see, uh, you know, get your feelings on uh, how the resolution uh, has affected you and will affect you. That'd be great. Anytime. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. James Sweet and uh, Chuck Murray from a Zombie Go Boom. Uh, you know, go get the executioner sword. I mean, what are you going to do? You look, you didn't win the Mega Millions. Unless you went to Nick's Barbecue in Illinois and won it. And if that's you, aren't you my uncle now? And if it's not you, it was 125 bucks, Right? Uh, you know, what are you going to do? Look, a couple of weekends at the movies is going to cost you that. Take it off. Stay home and watch the cable you're paying for. And buy the executioner. Help James and Chuck pay the bills. Just a little bit. Okay? That's great. Uh, really uh, fascinating and frustrating at the same time. Those stories, um, it would be better if a guy named Bill was going through and saying, oh, you know, that's not a good one, but that's fine. Instead of the algorithm, because the algorithm is uh, like the uh, like uh, your computer uh, robot that's going to kill you because you're a human. It's not going to make the case. Well, he's a good human. We'll let him live. No, nope. the AI is going to go. Nope, uh, my algorithm says you're a human, and you're dead. You're not worthy of living. All right, this is Jeff Fisher show on the Blaze Radio Network. Man, I have got. Where are we going to go? I don't know. We're going to go. We got Taylor Swift story. She's in that lawsuit. She's saying, I mean, really, it's a god-awful stupid story. She's, t- she's saying that a radio DJ is taking a picture of her, and you know how they come through radio stations all over the country. It's what they do. It's what the stars do amazingly. It's how they sell their music, how they make their money at concerts, people listening to them on the radio. And, uh, you know, this DJ took the picture and grabbed her rear end while they were taking the picture. The horror! Okay, I got it. It's wrong. You're not supposed to do that, right? So anyway, uh, they were, you know, she was being sued, and the judge threw out the case now that uh, he, the DJ is saying that uh, he was wrongfully fired, and she had nothing to do with it. However, he can still sue the radio station and Taylor's mom, who had called her friend at the radio station and got this guy fired, according to him. Uh, Taylor wanted to come and take the stand, which she did, and talk about how this guy grabbed her ass several times uh, under oath and because she wanted to make sure that something like this didn't happen to anyone else. And I think she's countersuing him for a dollar or something because it's not about the money. It's about the ass grabbing. I mean, I don't know how many times I've said that in my life. It's not about the money. It's about the ass grabbing, but I do agree with Taylor on that. For sure. Uh, speaking of ass grabbing, Ezekiel Elliott uh, suspended for six games by the NFL. Now he obviously will appeal it. So he'll probably end up with three games and then they'll be happy and be done. But 
you know, I'm kind of becoming a Dallas fan since I'm living in the Metroplex. And so, you know, I, I, I know that kind of clouds your view of things a little bit. It shouldn't, but it does. But there wasn't any trial. Uh, I think it's time that the NFL maybe get a blanket if you get arrested or if you if you are arrested or if you're found guilty of this. Not just because somebody on Twitter said it, but if you're actually go through the law and they have found, you know, this is the deal, but it's now the NFL, it's our investigators have found something else other than the police. Oh, Oh, okay. Okay, well, that, that's great. And so we have decided we are the law. And look, the NFL can do what they want. Uh, am I going to continue to watch? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Um, am I going to continue to watch as much as I did? I don't know. I mean, I've I've cut back quite a bit, to be honest with you, about the NFL. College football is another thing, but... The NFL, I've really, I've really cut back. And to be honest with you, I'm most of the time, uh, truth be told, I don't listen to the announcers. I can call my own game. Uh, some most of the announcers drive me insane. So I would rather just watch the game and call it myself. And if something happens that I'm not too sure about, you know, there's a volume control. And I just turn it up and I go, I wait for the explanation. Oh, and I turn it back down again. And then, hey, I don't have to listen to all the commercials, which, (gasps) no, I I mean, I listen to every commercial that there is because I love commercials, and I really do. I care about commercials, and I make sure that's what pays the bills. And then uh, I can just watch the game. Huh? I know. Crazy talk. But uh, Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, six games, that, now, look, the Cowboys has a, has a great offensive line. Their offenses, I mean, if you want to talk some NFL, we'll talk some NFL. Their offensive line has been tremendous and will continue to be tremendous. It's going to be difficult for uh, any running back not to run 100 yards a game uh, in this Dallas offense. Uh, Dak Prescott, I think, uh, you know, this year could be a struggle year. Uh, usually uh, what happens is uh, that first year, if you're a hot shot, uh, you get knocked down a peg the second year because the, the NFL, you know, they've kind of figured you out. Uh, there's been some other players, uh, like what's his face out of Phil, um, what's his name? It doesn't matter, but with my example, if you are first year and you come out and you just kind of come along and you're not break out, you just kind of along, you just get better and better. By the second year, if you get uh, you know better, you're going to look that much better. This year, Dak comes out, if he doesn't get better than where he was, but say gets knocked down 10 or 15, 10%, I mean, he looks bad, right? So it could be a tough year. And, uh, boy, I'd hate to see that. Hate to see that happen to the Cowboys. Where's Tony Robo again? Who? This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show. I know we were supposed to be able to protest and do what we want here in America, the freedom, as long as it doesn't hurt other people. And I get that. But right now we're looking at uh, footage 
at a white supremacist rally. And uh, they've asked people to leave a park. People are shouting down. It's almost, I mean, stop it. I mean, the people are walking around where they've got their, <laughs> they've got their bag of phones. I don't even want to know what they're saying. I don't even want to know because I, I, I mean, you've got black people all wound up. You got white people all wound up. I mean, someone will get hurt, and you get all these people wandering around with their cameras and the TV people waiting for the footage. I mean, they're just waiting, dying. Please, somebody fight! Somebody fight! Somebody fight! It's live news footage. I don't care what they say. Just run the audio. Just run the audio. But please, somebody fight. Somebody fight. Somebody hit them. We don't, obviously, we're not here for violence. and We don't want anything. We're just here to cover the event. But for if something does happen, fortunately, we were here to cover it. Uh-huh. Oh, water throwing. Water throwing. It's, got a, it's a baseball helmet, a batting helmet on. You're not that. Come on. Okay. If you're a white supremacist and you want people to take you seriously, don't don't walk down the street with your baseball helmet. <laughs> Do you remember the television show Jerry Springer? You remember that? Been off for a while. I met Jerry a few times down in Florida. He likes to show up and do a few things at uh, in Tampa Bay. And he uh, he's a nice enough guy. But you remember his TV show? Where he, I mean, the whole object was a reality show, right? I mean, it was, they wanted the fights. They brought people out. They wanted them to fight. And before they sent them out on the stage, they were like, this person just said, go F yourself. Go out on stage. And so they, you know, the fight would be there. See, now here we go. All in front of them, they've got the police all rode up in their riot gear and their fascist machine killing people. Oh, and the officers are getting out there. Their sticks now they're ready to march they're ready to clear the park and they've got people just standing in front of them taunting them get out of the park leave you old hag she's going to be the first one to complain they hit me you're standing in front of the day i can't take it i can't i can't if there's ever a time when you say to yourself i wonder if there's a problem with parents suing the schools for treating seven-year-old transgender daughter like a boy i wonder if there's a problem with professor letting students choose their own grades for stress reduction i wonder if there's a problem with companies firing people who write memos of diversity but don't want really diversity i wonder if there's a problem with any of that i wonder if there's a problem with more lonely, fewer friends, less sex because I have a smartphone and I'm all by myself. But today I'm going to go out in the park and be with the white supremacists. If there's ever a problem with that and wonder how our educational system is, look for the footage from the white supremacist march. I'm sorry, the white supremacist rally today. I mean, I'm not sure who they hate more. If they hate, if the white supremacists are rallying against the black people, if the black people are rallying against the white supremacists and then the police, or if they're both together, maybe the white supremacists and the black people should all get together and fight against the police because that's rage against the machine, man. That should be a band name. 
Oh, I think it is. Rage against the fascist ruling police. Oh, the police are on the march. They just started on the march to go through the park. They're going to clear the park, man. Get out the way, old woman. Just run her down. I want to see you run her down. No, I don't. <laughs> this is what happens when I watch TV without audio. All right, let's make my own audio. I mean, I should Facebook Live my, you know, my. No, I shouldn't do that at all. I shouldn't do that at all because I'm this. This is what I'm doing. Just run her over, march over, her. fight. This is gonna get ugly, and I don't. It's sad. It's sad because it's gonna get ugly because that's all they want. They just. They're just. Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just go to the park and I don't know have a picnic? Just you know play a little frisbee. I don't know play a little catch. The kids play kickball, you know, have a hamburger, a couple of hot dogs, just all get along. Instead, we've got to go have people in our face hollering, yelling, we're awful. And yet, they're the ones wearing the baseball batting helmet with the white glove. Agonizing. Agonizing. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.